Hey guys, and welcome to a Monday Fuck Around and Find Out podcast, where we uh, interview some interesting people from the local badassery that is the online community for mycology. Today we have Munchausen. Uh, there's a little bit of deviation from our normal here today, is we have a second co-host. It's going to be Trim. Everybody knows him from the regular Tuesday podcast, The Random Bird Screeches, except that today, Trim is a fanboy of Munchausen. So we figure we bring him on. A munchie. We figure we bring him on to just go ahead and, and hump his leg. It would provide quality entertainment. It's a dominancy thing, I swear. <laughs> well, to know Munch is to love him, of course, right? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Uh, that's pretty flattering. <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've heard of a, a term for the fans yet. So that's a, I just created that's a... it, but it sounds perfect, right? Oh, yeah. No, you heard it here first. He's a well, I guess there could give a little bit of a backstory is, you know, sure. we, were dis- we were discussing having Munchausen on our show and I told everybody, you know, way back in the day, Munchausen was the one of the very first people I ever got spores from. So it, oh. you, know, you, like, you, you kind of helped start my journey in this, this whole you thing. How long ago was that? Spores. Oh my God, it's been years now. I, I lost track, but it, it was, was a long it time Munchausen? Oh man, I don't even remember. I, I met you okay. through a friend, and I, I got some of your Melmax from you years ago. Okay, yeah, then it probably was as as much as. And I used to also sell spores on Reddit as uh, Z Baron, so I was on there for like seven years. Um, Z Baron sounds kinda... familiar. Yeah, it is. It's familiar. That's real familiar. Yeah, I, I was on. Uh, it, <laughs> I was on the. Um, I was on the trusted vendors list on Spore Swap. Um, okay. Rather yeah. near the top, I was like the fourth person listed because I was there for since close to the beginning of the of the subreddit. So I was pretty high up on the um, on the vendor list, but I never made ads. So I got plenty right. of uh, plenty of business just because I was high up on the vendor list. Nice. Yeah, that that helps a lot. I'm sure. I, I avoid Reddit like the plague in general, but I can see where. Oh that man, it's gone downhill bad. Yeah, yeah, they put the they put the Knicks on spores, active spores, and anything fun on Reddit. So I haven't really spent too much time on it lately. But I didn't mean to to deviate from uh, what you were saying. That oh, you were oh talking that, that's about. what this whole podcast is for: is deviation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already had a few dabs this morning, so you know, and to just ramble on sometimes. I'm way too sober for this. <laughs> They they made me get up early for this. It's crazy. It's a, it's a government holiday. You gotta you gotta oh that's time right. on. shit. Yeah, that's why everybody's home. Thing. Yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was wondering why everybody was off work. I was like, why does everybody want to come over? I was like, oh, it's a holiday. Yeah, the the great President's Day. I'm, I'm not sure what we're celebrating, but okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you probably got the the Melmax spores for me. I'd say probably 2019, maybe. I'm guessing. Uh, possibly, maybe 18. Okay, yeah, that might have been it. It's hard to keep track, but I've yeah, I've been running those for a good five six you, years. I feel like. Yeah, you weren't the first one I ever got spores from, but you were the first one that I ever got through Discord and through like uh. Yeah, friends and say, "Hey, call right this on. guy up." Yeah, 
Might as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, For sure, yeah. Well, let's see. Um, My whole, my main cultivation really started, I guess, around 2014 when I got back into it. I had dabbled a little bit with some grow kits here and there in like 2014 i did a pf i finally did like a proper pf tech grow with like a shotgun fruiting chamber and everything and that went pretty well and so you know i was encouraged by the success of that to uh to dive a little deeper and um started doing uh pasty plates the tech for no poor agar agar on shroomery and um yeah, I, I think my first success was probably doing bottle the bottle tech, following Mada's um, Mada uh, Fucka's original guide. There's the original and there's like V two, um, but I had a lot of success using the original bottle tech, and then like 2015 is when they started making those little six quart shoe boxes. Right, and um, yeah, we started. As soon as those hit the shelves, people in Shroomery were all over those. Uh, before there was, it, it probably took a, a year or so before anyone published a, a tech on it. Um, I think Mush Boy has probably the the most viewed tech on shoeboxes, but there was like a good group of us running shoeboxes for probably a good year before anyone wrote one up. Um, just trying all the different configurations. You know, I I think I personally did at least half a dozen shoebox designs um ultimately settling what on i have now in my video which is just to do them unmodded into i'll just say just and then do it back to the original (laughs) yeah Yeah, toss them inside the monotub um but it's still really nice because you don't have to like mix spawn so i i think my preferred method is is shoeboxes if i'm if i'm doing all the work myself I like to do shoe boxes if I'm doing all the culture work. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll get bags from some friends and I'll run those as monos. Um, but usually I'm running, if I'm running things myself, it's like court jars um, to shoe boxes. See, I usually court jars. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shoe boxes are great for testing out genetics too without going all in with supplies. In my experience, yeah, absolutely. It's a nice way to nice way to put to not put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. If you're running a bunch of new stuff, or or you know, as me as a spore vendor, I don't necessarily need a whole lot of one specific variety. So I can just do these smaller runs in bottles and in shoe boxes, and just get prints from all those. Um, so it, that that actually helps a lot. Is just because like last last year i grew 10 varieties at once and that was a bit <laughs> much to juggle yeah, i think uh, i'm I doing all... 32 right now <laughs> yeah. yeah he's a little bit extreme there like, deadpool yeah. does a shitload at once yes it can be a lot of it can be a lot to juggle i mean i just literally ran out of space with all the stuff that i had because i just only had a tiny little plastic shelf from Walmart and a little tiny, like two foot by three foot glass table. And so <laughs> I was a little limited on how much I could produce, but, uh, that's what, that's what happens when you live in a, you know, tiny little 
one bedroom apartment. Right. Yeah, we've all pretty much upgraded to using grow tents as like laboratories uh, because you can control the environment inside of them and keep them really super sterile. You can just spray down the entire inside of the tent. Yeah, I had actually considered that in the house I just recently moved out of um, because it was I <laughs> I had this really bad issue with penicil- uh, penicillium just getting everywhere. So I don't know if something in the house was moldy like i actually had a huge roof leak in the middle of a storm um last fall and they never did any sort of remediation on anything in there and it just <laughs> that yeah, like, listen, one... do you not realize what you're doing to my grows <laughs> right once water gets in places it doesn't belong bad things happen yeah, sure. yeah. I had like video of like water pouring down the walls inside of the house, and like they sent a guy to patch the roof, and they considered that good enough. Oh, that's <laughs> nice of them. You know, hey, good enough for rent. Not breathe. good enough for my rent money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. breathe all that's, those mold spores. That's great for you. <laughs> that's why I had to get out of there. Um, I feel like that had probably been going on for some years, and the mold issues in that house were just ridiculous because I could. I could just leave plates in my still air box and they would contaminate without even opening Damn. them. Just, just because the there must've been a crazy high spore load in that house. Um, I'd never that, experienced that, anything like that. So it got to the point where I was considering the grow tent, but I actually just opted to just quit. So I haven't grown anything since like November because I gave up <laughs> trying to uh, combat, uh, trying to combat the moldy house and just got out of there instead. Yeah, but we yeah, we find it. Well done. You're all set up. Uh, not quite. I moved out, but I'm just uh, crashing at my girlfriend's spot right now until I can find a good lease, much so closer to my office job. Definitely yeah. Now. <laughs> don't mind <laughs> my, this big it, tent in your living room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know how well that would go over here. Get kicked to the curb if I did something like that. In her place, dude. Love love the tents because you can like we put the entire lab in there like your 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 tables you run your fill your flow hood in there constantly constantly keeping the air clean you can raise and lower the temperature as you want you can even use just a regular light bulb to heat up the tent because there's so much flow hood bedded out outside the tent so you always have positive pressure which makes it yeah Yeah. if if you're not using a a hood you it's just like being in a giant still air box Oh yeah, no, it's great. Yep. Love them, absolutely. Yeah, I, love them. I look. I actually looked into building my own lab, and you know, for the yeah. price, a, a tent's like even for a really big one is less than three hundred bucks. It's, it's hard really. to beat it. Yeah. Oh, you could get the big ones. It's crazy. Who was it that just got? They cost the same amount yeah. as a fucking nice little. little Who was one? it that just bought the <laughs> one that's like the size of their freaking room, like a living room? It was like nine foot. I think that's Deadpool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a ten by ten. I, I yeah. own I own an eight by eight already, but I I've been using that for gourmets. But I used a, it wouldn't be well, hard to turn it into a four by six one for a long time, uh, and I still got it. But I'm definitely going to upgrade once we once we move. I'll just put up one that the biggest one that fits in the fucking room. Just make the whole room a big Airbus. Right, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I like them, man. They're really cool. Are you running any kind of like filter into it, or is it just uh, amb- is it just 
just a tent with no air circulation. So the kit that I bought, uh, I was on sale for a Black Friday kit, yeah. and it came with like a, an eight-inch duct with like the air filter, I guess, for with the yeah. carbon filter for growing weed. I just yeah, flipped exactly. that around and put I put that outside, so I'm drawing air oh. through the carbon filter and okay. through that filter into the tent. Then I just keep my flow hood running 24/7 inside of the tent, and. Right uh, on. I've never had any open air contamination issues, anything like that. Um, so I'm always working in front of my flow hood. So that gives me that. But on top of that, like, man, I just have fruiting blocks just sitting on the same, probably the same Husky brand, shitty uh, plastic Walmart uh, shelving. And when I'm done with the grow, I mix the, I take one spray bottle full of hydrogen peroxide and one spray bottle full of vinegar. And I spray mm-hmm. down with vinegar and then I spray down with the hydrogen peroxide. It makes that, uh, what is it, peroxacetic acid or something like that. But it yeah, kills par- everything. Parasitic acid. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And it's, it smells like death. You don't want to mix them in the same like oh. bottle because it'll, uh, it'll, it's a chemical weapon at that point. But, uh, oh. On the surface, because it doesn't last very long, it, it only lasts like maybe five or ten minutes on the surface, but it kills everything, including DNA. Like, uh, it just murders everything, but then it just dries clear. You know, it uh, dries right by itself and breaks down to completely harmless substances. So it's not eating your tent, it's not eating any of your equipment, it's not rusting the crap out of anything. Um, it works out really well, man. Like the the two spray bottle method works out really well. It's interesting. I recently had a unexpected occurrence using isopropyl alcohol, where it stained the hardwood floor. Oh yeah, I was working in. I got it like it. You know, I was put it on my hands and it dripped on the hardwood floor. It just got rid of the and finish, when right? It dried. Yeah, it left these white spots, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Time to move. Yeah, you can get so. you can fix that with a little bit of like like candle wax and a scrubby pad, and it'll it'll okay. even that back out. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, everybody comes here, I guess, for their their hardwood floor uh, treatment options. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I've fixed many uh, fuck ups like that. We had these knotty pine hardwood floors where we had a, the old timey varnish on it. And anytime I spilled any like rubbing alcohol or something like that, it would just eat that little varnish in a tiny little hole and leave like a really light colored spot. And I'd just take a little candle wax, put it on there, nice. and scrub it in. Are we are we down to college dorm days where you you put toothpaste on the wall to cover the holes and stuff? Not quite. Uh, I've found that it's just easier to use the actual spackle. <laughs> It's cheap. So, what do you? Yeah. What have you been doing in uh, mycology since you have? You haven't grown anything since November. Um. Yeah. Mostly just keeping track with uh, my Patreon, um, where I offer kind of a monthly spores through there. I mean, I have a big stockpile of uh spores that i worked on past two years where i was like i said i was growing like 10 varieties at once at one point so i just have been um kind of just going through my inventory since i had a bunch um and that's that's basically all, all i've been doing i recently just started making some new thumbnails for my youtube channel 
but largely it's my my time has been focused around like just the move um right. and yeah i just haven't had a whole lot of mycology time so yeah we're getting ready to do the same exact thing with the spore prints but i actually have like i want to say like 60 sheets each yeah. sheet has like 20 prints on it that's like yeah <laughs> and they're all different so every time i do it i, I print almost everything and I've been, um, I've been on, doing that for about four years now, so I've got quite a lot of prints sitting around. Nice. I follow a guide on Shroomery by Eat You Alive. He's got, um, I think it's the tribal print method or something like that. But it's basically you just set a cookie sheet out with a layer of foil, and then you put a, like a wire rack on top of it. And then you put all your caps on the wire rack, and you can print like... And then it's got the grids on there. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, the prints come I, out gridded. Yeah, I have I had this I just have I just use a big ass fucking tote, throw a big nice piece of foil on the bottom, close the tote up, come back in twelve hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I found um when I was pr- printing bulk prints directly on foil, I found that my success rate was going down for some reason. I guess the humidity was getting too high, like a bunch of the prints just wouldn't print anything and they just get all sweaty um i have i have like a tester i put a tester on a a petri dish and so i could actually pull that petri dish out and then i hold it up and i could see what's going on so if i need to add or give a little you know give a little air in front of the the flow hood anyways you know so it's a no big deal but i have they either drop or they don't if i have to give them an extra 12 hours it's no big deal but there's there's just way too many Um, you know, honestly, some of them are like three hours. <laughs> you know, that's why I have, that's why I came up with that Petri dish thing. And now I just collect them. I have every single one I've ever done. Every, they all have a couple of splay. I call them splates uh, for my collection to hold them up, see them nice. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you leave them on there for, you know, between six and 12 hours, you come back as like a black fucking circle, you know, and other times you can barely see it. So, and like I said, it, it changes out. So that's why I always do that, uh. The, the plate so i can lift it up see what exactly what's going on and uh i pull it when it's ready you know i don't nobody wants i mean it's it's sure it's nice to have something pretty you know but i want i don't want it being so crusty that when you take it away and fold it up it starts peeling away from the hydration yeah you know, the yeah. foil and everything else it just ruins it and it starts going all over the place you know so i found that i put like a drop of water on the cap oh yeah it, it yeah. stimulates them yeah that that but. works Yes. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, the whole spore release mechanism is um, like little tiny water droplets that form on the basidium. And so, yeah, if it's get, if it gets too dry, you know, um, they can't release spores. And so, and There's if no it's popping. too humid, yeah, if it, it actually requires evaporation to occur. Um, There's your $10 word of the day, basidium. Yeah. <laughs> What did you just call that's me? Probably the, yeah, exactly. That was the fanciest word that's ever been used on this podcast. <laughs> I I actually am looking to get a microscope this year um, because I've always been interested in looking at the basidiums of like the mutated varieties that don't release spores. They don't or, drop, right? Yeah, that don't drop because I always thought, you know, it's got to be some sort of uh, mutation in the basidium or something. Um, so I was, I'm curious to take a look at that 
I'm sure I could probably find some other some people online's pictures, but there's nothing like looking at it yourself, you know. Right. Yeah. I've had a microscope forever. I've used it like twice because you know it's there for microscopy purposes only. So yeah. I got to have one of those in the I lab. Use, just to... I use mine on a daily basis. No, no one wants <laughs> to hear about you jerking off. <laughs> Come on, man. Come uh, on. <laughs> but yeah, so I I am planning to get one that has a video on it though, so that I can like do it on the live streams. Right. Um, they had they had those, the eyepieces now. They could go on almost any microscope. Yeah, yeah it's just an exactly. actual add-on. So that's all like like thirty forty bucks. It's fucking pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, Nikon and Canon both make a ring system that fits on top of most microscopes. You can put your like your, your ES digital camera on there with the record function and recording like 4K, 8K. It's cool shit. And then you get extra zoom. Oh, yeah. Most of them are like 2X, 4X, there's an 8X and a 16X, I believe, too. Cool. So what's your, uh, what's your genetics look like? How many, uh, what you up to? Oh man, I've got, I literally have like a baseball card binder. Nice, me too. Literally, it is, and it is quite literally my baseball card binder from when I was a little kid. (laughs) Uh, I had it in my storage and one of my, like my smallest binder that I never really finished out because I have, I have like five binders of baseball cards as any kid from the 80s and 90s probably does. Hell yeah. Um, And so I just kind of emptied out one that had um, a bunch of sleeves that weren't totally filled and just stuffed them into uh, the other binders. And so I have probably, I don't know, a dozen sheets of prints uh, with a lot of them having prints on both back and front. So I don't know what the numbers on that are, but I probably have a couple hundred varieties. But a lot of the prints are getting up in age. Um, The library itself is going on 12 years old. So some, a lot of the prints, um, I'd say the oldest, the oldest one actually was Brazil, uh, which was going on 10 years um, that I had in the collection and actually germinated that last fall and grew it out. And uh, I just did that like three days ago, (laughs) Brazil. I'm yeah. looking for shit on my in my library that I never hear anybody use it anymore. So I made I made a couple monos and I was doing the serial dilution. I did Cuba and Brazil and Argentina. <laughs> Be nice. Hey, what are you guys do doing around the world grow one of these days? Yeah. Are you guys doing anything special to rehydrate your spores when you get old ones? Because what I've done is I've taken and made a little spore syringe and I put the cap on the spore syringe and I pull back on the syringe. Uh like in a vacuum, so that inside there the water's under a vacuum, and I let go of the plunger, mm-hmm. jams forward, um, and then I do that like four or five times, and just the, between the vacuum and the pressure rebound, I think it kind of for- rehydrates the spores. Yeah, for- really, yeah. for just like a uh, one of those meat marinators. That's interesting. That's what cool. I do to, to wake them up, wake old ones back up. I had this old crusty fucking uh, like foil that was wrapped up in i think butcher paper or wax paper that was just old and it said like 92 on it and uh it turned out to be just the rando just cube somebody found but uh i mean it was cool it looked just like any other random golden teachers it was nothing special but it was cool it worked 
I, I do I have a, long. I do have a couple methods that I use for helping old spores. Uh, typically, if I'm just using fresh spores, I'll just dump a bunch of them on top of a plate. But if I'm if they're finicky, what I'll do is um, two methods. One is to place the spores on a plate, and then on from the same plate, I'll cut a little. Uh, like square or triangle and place that on top of the spores to make a little sandwich. Yep. Um, that seems to help them just get, a, <clears throat> have a little more moisture available to them. Basically. The other, in the spores. The yeah. Um, the other method is to just um, slice through the middle. I'll, I'll get the spores on uh, an exacto blade enough to where I can visibly see it on the tip of the blade. So like a big clump and I'll just slice it right through the middle so that the uh, spores go like inside of the slit of the Jaeger. Right. And then that Sounds way, high. that way there's only like a single inoculation point. Right. Yeah. So when you see it, when you see it, it's grown from the, from the very center, you know, it's what you put there and, it's easy right. to identify like satellites. But the spores inside it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mycology is very provocative. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, except you can't like use it as a pickup line. Like pickup lines of mycology are, are like here, eat this. You know. Like, <laughs> 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 well, use some oh, I can't believe you yeah. ate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna be great. I told you I'm, I'm making I'm making a dating site for mycology <laughs> my mycology only dot com. That's going to be perfect. Mycology only dot com. Yeah, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make our own sponsors now. Is that what we're yep. fucking down to? That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're not getting sponsored by anybody else. This hey, is man, probably you can always try first, blue chew. This is the oh, this is the first one that has. God, this log without turning explicit. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. 25 minutes is my record, I think. I, I'm this off is, my game yeah. today. Yeah, like, there's been no random furry conversations <laughs> or anything in this. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we made it a while, stuff. anyway. We're getting better. What do you... What, well, you're making your own agar. What's your, what's your special favorite go-to recipe? Uh, so I... Several years ago, came up with my own recipe. Um, I pulled up some laboratory guides. Uh, I think one of them was from a pharmaceutical company. But at the time, there was um, some um, recipes for potato dextrose agar from a pharmaceutical company, and like all the all the ratios were just weird, like one point one to 2.125 and i don't know i can't remember exactly what they were but i was like i didn't you know, go that deep <laughs> yeah yeah i was like this is too difficult to remember i could make this easier by just reducing these ratios a tad and so it came out to being one two three um and that's if i can remember correctly <laughs> um one gram of dextrose, two grams of agar, and um, three grams of potato flakes. Oh, man, now I have to look it up. I'm gaslighting <laughs> myself. Um, 
this is why I made it because I can never remember it. But yeah, I came up with this recipe. I called it uh, Agar as easy as one, two, three, because of the ratio being one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I got to Google it. One, two, three. Um, You're like, let me check because... my web page. One, two, three to how much water? Oh, that is uh, four ounces of water. So it's, it, it really goes well with uh, the pasty plate tech where you're using the little, um, the Rubbermaid tubs because those are little four ounce tubs. And so uh, that ends up making one of them. So I, <clears throat> It's, yeah, one gram of dextrose, which is honey or raw sugar, two grams of agar, three grams of potato flakes. I actually got it right from memory, even though I haven't cooked that in well over, oh, six or seven months now. But that was the reason I made it is because I could never remember the other recipes. And there was other agar recipes on shroomery, but they were like one 500 milligrams to one liter and i'm just my brain just couldn't process those as well the so fuck is a liter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah it was like what am i gonna go out and buy one of those big coca-cola bottles to make agar yeah <laughs> now we do so, pretty yeah. big we use a elemeyer flask and, and do like most of my agar is uh, like thousand mils or, or, or a liter like, i do a pressure pull, pull, pull of quart jars each yeah. a different color. Yeah, I definitely respect all that. Yeah, I just I uh, I'm like not a technically minded person. Like I had to cheat my way through chemistry class in high school. Uh, all of my mycology stuff, it's like DIY basically. So I don't have a lot of science equipment. Um, if you can't get it at a grocery store or at Walmart, then I usually don't use it. Right. Well, one thing we do find is that people that are in mycology have usually pretty technical hobbies. So what are the kind of hobbies you got? Oh, definitely. I, I love photography. Um, I have a big DSLR and a huge telephoto lens, and I geek out over wildlife uh, photography a lot. Um, nice. Yeah, and let's see. I'm trying to narrow down. I have way too many hobbies. Um I'm just trying don't, to think of Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one. They just shift from every month to month. What's that? Just my college, that's it. That's all I do. All day. <laughs> that's been the one been I, the I one. could name a few of his hobbies, but he'd be going to jail. Yeah. Sexual harassment. Those aren't Sexual hobbies. Harassment. No. <laughs> Making fun of what people's you, disabilities. You know. Ooh, you made it into an art form. <laughs> yeah. I could say that's not a hobby. That's an art form. I, I, I was, you will I was be graded. Off, I was showing off my mycology diary. You know, where you, you write down all your little tricks and recipes and, you know, keep track of everything you do. All Deadpool could talk about was the fact that it was pink. <sighs> he can't see yeah. the fucking color. It doesn't matter what color it is. So it, it, it matters to everybody else. <laughs> that doesn't matter to Trip. Trip's colorblind, so it doesn't matter if it's pink. Hey, it was a cool what? book, and it said "Feel Your Feels" on the front. What, what, what better thing for a mycology? Yeah, it was pink. <laughs> yeah, okay. Was yeah, pink. you should have. You should have known if it said feelings on it. It was going to be yeah. like, like <laughs> pink. Hmm. Yeah. Feel your feelings. I, it, it that's a fucking emo. That's a. 
It, it probably had emo freaking stickers it probably, on there. Did it, did it have like a picture Avril, of Jukebox out of cover? Did it have a picture of Or like Avril cover? Levine, like with her like runny it, makeup? I, I believe it had emojis. <laughs> you're, you're correct. A lot of emojis on it. <laughs> a little picture of Kirby on the front. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started on this shit. <laughs> I thought that dude was a chick for the longest damn time. Yes. Because of the pink avatar. And I refuse like to change back. I still I still I still yeah. refuse. <laughs> I still refer to her as her. <laughs> Jukebox is another member of our Discord that they, they tease on when I'm not around. Yeah. <laughs> He's low hanging fruit. It's like kicking a puppy, but like a puppy that pees everywhere. <laughs> it's like a puppy with <laughs> a slightly, a slight, a very special puppy. It's a, it's a, it's a puppy with needs, special needs. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking burn in hell for kicking a special needs puppy. All right. So back to topic here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the the goat bleed of of randomness? <laughs> Nobody had it queued up today. Yeah, we, I we, know. I have. We one that just says, "Let's get back on plan of fucking an oh, ad on shoot, yeah. fucking things." Okay, that's sweet. So, so you Munchald and Melmac, yeah. you were you were kind of famous for that for a while. Where, where that? What's the story behind that? Um, it was gifted to me, uh, as a, as a clone, to be honest, um, the TP culture, I, I don't know how widely available that is. I've never really looked into it too much. Uh, I don't know if there was anyone else really spreading genetics of that besides myself. Um, yeah, the, the, TP or thick penis, as it was thick known. Yeah. I, I just got, I, I get used to abbreviating everything because I'm on YouTube and I right. try to self censor myself so that I don't get demonetized. So. It's the edible, edible earth fungi. It's the Melmac ISO. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, the Melmacs. I actually, Melmax go back to like the nineties, you know, when they had uh grow kits. And that's actually when I, I actually got started with like a head shop grow kit. Um, and I think it very quite possibly might've been a homestead one. Uh, but I just got the spores from it. My, my buddy in college had bought a grow kit from, um, our head shop or local pipe, uh, right. place, you know, super seedy joint actually it was like a it was like a normal hippie store upstairs with like a um you know just clothing and everything and then they have this like shady curtained stairwell to this like basement room that's Ooh, dimly that lit fun. where they had all that the pipe fun. they had all the pipes and like all these rules you weren't you weren't allowed to call them anything except like tobacco pipes and it was all it was all very uh strange but they had that's mushroom very grow yeah, yeah. It's very 90s. <laughs> yeah, I still do that oh, now. I have to go when I, when I used to buy cigarettes. We get the the, <laughs> the Indian cigarettes here at the Arab stores, and you have to go in there and ask for green Skittles, and they give you a pack of the cheap green ones for five bucks instead of twenty bucks for a pack of cigarettes. Nice, interesting. They still do that shit today. It's like <laughs> modern modern day speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's me, black ass. 
<laughs> you gotta know you gotta know the code and the special knock. Right. But yeah, um like I was saying, the homestead um grow kits, I I got started with that. I think it was like a B plus though. But fast forward, you know, fifteen years or whatever it was. Um, I got gifted several cultures one year, um, just kind of as a show of goodwill, I guess, from um, an AMU member. If you're not familiar with AMU, it was a it was a small group we had on Shroomery. Just am, it was called Amateur Mycologists United, and it was just a little grow group of buddies. Um, we don't really do much together anymore, uh, besides answer questions on a few probably a few a few members uh are out there but i mean we had like it was like me and pasty white and 13 shrooms and chroniker um a bunch of other shroomery regulars and um i can't remember exactly who it was it might i I think it might have been buddha king uh gifted me a whole bunch of stuff and that included the the tp uh, culture and i grew that out once and it was like it was like this roller co- coaster of emotions growing it out because uh for starters it took quite a long time to pen um so i was just getting anxious waiting for it to pen and then when it did pen like the pen set looked like bad i was like oh i'm gonna get a handful of fruits from each tub and then as it progressed and the fruits grew to like the size of like plantains or like extra large bananas, I'm just like, right. oh, <laughs> that's how these work. You don't get a pin set that covers the surface. You get a small pin set and then they just grow into monsters. Wow. And um, yeah, I, I nice. threw, I think I the first uh, run, I did like four monotubs of that and got like wall to wall dicks and was just like, what is this culture? And just started neglecting everything else because that's a good friday night this is amazing and so on my old youtube channel uh the one that got deleted um i did a bunch of melmac giveaways where i would just show video clips of like my current melmac grows or just pick a handful and like make a bouquet and be like spore giveaway and so I spread a lot of spores through the old YouTube channel that way. Wow. But unfortunately, sure. I got taken down. I think a, a lot of those Melmac videos contributed to that. They do not like harvesting videos. So is that where the, the trend in mycology lately for boofing came from? Oh, that, that, <laughs> That's always just been on Reddit, and I don't know where that started. It's just always been on Reddit from what I've seen. And it's just like it's, every single it, thread. Oh, every, it doesn't matter what you say. Just boof it. Yeah. Some strange people out there. I well, never I mean, saw that on Shroomer. You're though. the one that said it, Trim. You said it. I, think it, I, I think never said I was one of the strange ones, but yeah. Vaguely penis-like. <laughs> vaguely penis-like mushrooms, and everybody just wants to see a you know, penis go in an orifice. It, it just makes you wonder how many people have actually tried that, thinking that's a real thing. God, I hope a whole bunch. I really do. Because I imagine just trying, people trying to shove this dry-ass fucking crinkly mushroom up their anus. It just, it's just not going to be pleasant. Yeah, I don't, I've never thought that at all, ever, in my entire life. And that should be saying something, because I'm fucked up in the head. But you guys are like, 
No, every day. This is what I dream ne- of. Never underestimate the human power of stupidity. I'm telling you. <laughs> never underestimate what people have put up their rectums. Jesus Christ. I've had whole light bulbs, like whole compact fluorescent fucking light bulbs. Had to have those removed from people's anuses. It's not cool. I did grow some Melmax that uh, two big ones grew end to end. So it was like was that like that scene from uh, Requiem for a Dream. You know, the guy's like, ass to ass. <laughs> big double-ended, <laughs> double-ended <laughs> Melmac dick. That's for a party. What's the story on the genes of Melmac? Is it just a random mutation from a Golden Teachers, or what is it? No, you said earlier it was. It's from Homestead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the original PE genetics from. I I don't recall the original story on PE. I think there was one myth that it was found in the rainforest, growing like that, and then there was another story I heard where it was like irradiated by some mycologist out, you know blasting them with with uh radio with radiation somehow i'm not sure yeah and then um, uh, i think hamilton did a show where the guy he says he invented it but I don't oh think, yeah you're right is that true I, is it, yeah i thought it was yeah i was gonna say i thought it was the b plus and they went ahead you know, and uh did his chase down the one that looks like a fucking schlong and uh you know kept going with that yeah. the guy on the interview said that uh he he did it got it from coding pin or uh aborts that's where you're I never, I never put much, I never put much faith in Hamilton's show. Oh to yeah, be honest. no. It, um, I, you get to look at it for the entertainment value. He contacted a bunch of us many years ago before the show was like as big as it is now. He contacted a bunch of us on Shroomery looking to get footage. Uh, but you now see where he's he interviewed someone that is in like a like a full-on bodysuit, like Breaking Bad style, and he has... Oh, like, yeah, with, with, the, with the eyeball the mask. With the, with the eyeball yes. mask? Yep. Yeah, that. yeah. So that was the interview he, he got out of when he was trying to court a bunch of Shroomery members, and we all were like, no way. And so he found that dude, and it was just like... That wasn't the best grower out there. Sure, he had a, he had a sizable setup, but I don't know, his... His practices weren't, you know, the best. And so it just yeah. made me realize, you know, he's portraying this guy on this show as like a real expert. And I'm like, yeah. I could improve this guy's setup easily. Yeah, no. And so when I, when I see stuff on Hamilton's show that I'm not familiar with, I just kind of am a little skeptical because I know when he showed mushroom stuff, it was like he didn't have really a super good expert on well, because I'm pretty sure that the uh, super good experts are smart enough not to go on to fucking exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kids that want to get recognition and still have an ego to contend with. Yeah. Well, we just like having people from, you know, all walks of life that are just in mycology in general come on and talk to them. We've had some yeah. pretty cool experts. We've had some great people like you, but we've had some just absolute, complete yeah, total been, random people. Yeah. High as fuck, oh, yeah. barely talking on here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sorry, man, I'm kind of couch locked right now. Why did you agree to come on, bro? Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. but we like to represent all walks. I mean, it's it's kind there of yes. yeah, it's good. Hey, I've everybody. had I I only have had a handful of guests on my live streams, um, but they did range in experience from pretty new to 
a pasty white. So uh, yeah. I do enjoy having a broad broad perspective because you get way different questions. The conversation's way different. Right. I, I need to do my pasty white grill one of these days. He 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 personally uh, challenged me to grow an entire couch full of rusty whites someday. I'm gonna oh, do it. You totally should. <laughs> Have you seen his bathtub grow of rusty? Oh yeah, whites? That, that, that's how the conversation got started. I was I was chatting with him one day, and he's like, "You want to do something special? Grow an entire couch full." I was like, "I, I bet I could do that." Nice. <laughs> Wait, you're just gonna stuff like a couch? Yeah, he, he wants me to like, like remove all the stuffing from a couch and fill oh, it full of spawn. Yeah. And let That's gonna be so terribly ugly. That's <laughs> so disturbing looking. <laughs> and then it drops a bunch of spores on it. You gotta get a white oh, couch yeah. so you can see the spores drop. There you go. I would just I've I've done a stuffed animal before, and it was like I think it was a stuffed koala. There's a picture of me with a koala mask on where I took like all the stuffing out of the koala and like put made a mask out of it uh for Halloween. Well, I used that same koala and made it uh grew mushrooms on it and it looked disturbing as hell like it was yeah. having shit just come out like all over through the fur <laughs> yeah my my only even the only thing that has stopped me from it. growing doing that growth so far is every mycologist problem not enough space but I, i'm gonna fix it someday you wait and see it might be worth renting a storage problem. unit to just do a giant sofa <laughs> <laughs> If I run a storage unit, it's going to have five shelves on there and about 50 fucking totes. So, <laughs> I, wonder if I, could, like, I wonder if I could cheat and do like a love seat. I mean, yeah. It, it is the climate controlled storage units. They're, oh, climate controlled. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're like 200 bucks a month. The people growing them. Well, that'd be perfect. 200 bucks a month. Damn. You can get a what? 10 by 10 new tent. Just bring everything there in your tub to the back of your truck. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say though that yeah, rusty. They usually have a perfect one. They usually have a light bulb. So they usually those 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 uh, uh, storage units usually have a light bulb in them, and you mm-hmm. can just unscrew the freaking light bulb and then put back in one of the light bulbs with the power the receptacle. Yeah, power yeah. socket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart. And run your flow hood and shit like that from there. Not that I've ever done that. Ever. <laughs> never. Never. No. That would be. I mean. Sketchy. That's some renegade mycology, right? So that's a grow <laughs> grow right there. That's when you act when you grow in somebody else's shit and they don't even know you did it. Hey, hold on to these bags for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to get into when the weather is right in my area. I've been meaning to get into some uh, gorilla mycology. Um, if you've ever seen like the. Crime pays, but botany doesn't. Uh, guy doing yeah. gorilla gardening. He always goes around to like his cities, like planting beds and like plants trees and like removes the stuff that shouldn't be there. Gerald does that every um, weekend. I do, I do it with uh, Liberty Caps. I've, I've, I'm probably the reason there's Liberty Caps all over Austin. Um, oh. Because Liberty Caps grow in that area anyway. But yeah. I would get these, these, I'd go and harvest a bunch of them and then blend them up in a in a, a bucket when I'd put in a little bit of like uh what what was my recipe? It was just basically like LC, but LC. I'd have like I'd have liquid culture in the in the bucket, but I'd have like a little bit of a um what is that uh, buttermilk in there as well for okay. just the acidity of it. And uh I'd put it in a camel back 
after it started getting a little bit, you know, after a day or so with the bubbler in there. And uh, then I'd just go around and just squirt it into the, the beds that they have the full of the wood chips for like the roses that they have downtown and around the trees and in the gardens. And cause they have these big, beautiful like garden areas, but they're just full of just wood chips that the, the, the County goes and, and cuts down all these Oak trees and everything and uh, shreds them. And then they use that as the bedding for all the plants there in in Austin. And you can just walk around and squirt a, you know, during a nice little shower or right after a good rain and just squirt some liquid culture just casually all yeah. over the place. Yeah, I've seen, and people, get, uh, I've seen people try that with spores, and I'm, I'm, I've always said you, know, you should at least try liquid culture if you want a chance. So that's cool. Oh, man, it works. works. It as long as you're really doing well a natural with... one already, it'll be fine. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's made. You're not gonna take. You're not gonna take a PE, you know, or a fucking yak yeah. or something that fucking someone's been playing with in the lab for the last five years. That's right. never gonna. I've done it with morals. Morals work really well that way. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And, so you, and take if your... you put on a reflective vest. Yeah. You can do just about anything. In a oh, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> I was gonna say I wasn't gonna tell him. I was like, hey, I'm the guy with the camelback and the reflective vest and a hard hat. Spraying for bugs, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I have uh, a metal clipboard that when I use when I go to places like that, that I've always felt oh. is good. But a reflective vest is good too. Yeah, clipboard. The clipboard was my secret when I was in the army. I mean, if you carry a clipboard around, nobody wants to talk to you in the military. Because <laughs> right. yeah. you're about to go on a detail, and nobody wants to fuck with that. They don't want to get yeah. voluntold. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, to grow the, to do the morals, I would take the the morals, like preferably fresh ones. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you had, had dried ones, you could use dried ones as well. And I'd blend them up with a mixture of about 50-50 water and um, uh, just what do you, the, the buttermilk. You know, you want it pretty freaking acidic. Uh, and then I just blend it up, put throw a bubbler in there, let it sit for twenty four hours, and then slosh that around the trees wherever you want it. And come back in, you know, a year, and and you've got morals wherever the water hit. It wow. uh, it grow. You can culture morals outside very easily like that. And now they've got growing indoor morals uh, down to an art form with refrigeration and using ryegrass. But uh, it's a uh, outdoors growing any sort of wild mushrooms can be used with the same tech. It's just blended up with uh, buttermilk because buttermilk's got, you know, it's got. Beneficial bacteria, which you that are going to outcompete temporarily the local bacteria, lower the pH, which mushrooms don't mind, and um, provide plenty of food for that mycelium as it goes. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It works really well. What's your favorite way to to cook them? The morals. Morals. Uh, I make butter out of them quite often because of, and salt. Because it goes the furthest, and I get them so very rarely. Like uh, here, they don't really grow unless you intentionally grow them. Because I'm in the, yeah. I'm in Texas, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I, I like the garlic yeah. butter and sauteed. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. They do grow here. It's one of the few things we get up here in Kanuka Stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should try. You should try the the. The bucket sloshing stuff, man. I mean, it That's really, I, really, yeah. really. I, I have a couple of plates of marilla, my feeling right now. It really does work. Like it really does expand it massively. 
when I first started buying... Sorry, go when ahead. I, oh, I was gonna say when I first started culturing them, their their mycelium looks nothing like any other kind I've ever seen. It. It's right? really thin and wispy, and it looks like cobweb. Like lion's mane. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, worse lion's than lion's mane. It's worse. It I thought I had cobweb. I had, um, I think I had some morels, and it the I don't remember if it was black or yellows, but the culture I had, it was almost like dusty looking. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're 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 just weird. They work better if you grow them like uh, if you're gonna culture the mycelium outside of a uh, like petri dish. If you do it kind of like sclerota, where you do it in grass seed, it works way better, guys. Like oh, I, I'm sure. Yep. For grain spawn, like yeah. I'm I'm lucky I was able to get a culture. Them things are so tasty; it's hard to give up any to science. <laughs> they they're my favorite mushroom ever to eat. Yeah. The only ones I, I find with any regularity are shaggy manes. Um, and those are like, I think, as far as taste-wise, those, those are up there um, with morels. But I always I like to make like a cream of shaggy mane soup. That stuff is so good. Um, but apparently you can, you can cultivate shaggies indoors. So that's, that's a goal that I have set for, you know, when I get my operation up and running again is to grow some indoor shaggy manes. I say I have that. I just I just figured it was just another yeah. another Shag- lion's mane. Shaggies are a type of uh, ink cap, aren't they? Yes. No. Yes, they're well, in they don't the, uh, What? Yeah. 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 They'll they will do Yeah, that. they they autolis down to like this black goo very quickly. Yeah, and I've seen people take like milk jugs and just stuff the caps into an empty milk jug, let them turn to goo, and then they fill the rest with water and then go, you know, pour that around a yard somewhere. Oh, last, it works. last, last yeah. fall, I, I harvested some shaggies and I had them in a paper sack and I, I just went in my lab and I set them on my stainless table and then I went and did something and I forgot about them. I came back the next day and my whole lab table was just covered in black goo. Yeah. How did that smell? It wasn't too bad, but it was just nasty. It took a while to clean up. Yeah, yeah they just turned to goo to go back you, to the ground. They don't. It doesn't smell. Yeah, bad. if you if you um if you harvest them before they start the auto cannibalizing thing um and refrigerate them, you can stop the process and they'll last a few days. I did not know that Shaggy Maine was an ink cap. Well, it's not the same ink cap that's going to cause you to puke if you drink alcohol. Right. Right. Uh, but that one's the one that I find the most regularly is the is the inky cap regular puke if you drink alcohol one. Well, now I have um, to throw it out. When I find those, I usually stop and look around the area because when I find the the regular ink caps, the shaggy manes usually aren't far away. My my favorite <laughs> The the inky cap, the puke if you drink alcohol inky cap is my favorite mushroom in the entire world. Not only do they taste great, yeah. but uh, they're great for punking people. Um, <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. I've gone to many a uh, AA meeting and put the inky cap powder in the coffee. So oh. see who's lying. <laughs> <laughs> give me your tea. Give me your little. What is it? The, the coin. coin. Give me your coin. You're puking. You're puking. You're puking. You're liars. That's mean. <laughs> I'm not the nicest, best person in the world. I'm nobody's role model. Definitely. 
I had never considered the possibilities of using it as something to prank people with. Yes. <laughs> or even de- parties. De- like, or even the, the thought of dehydrating a shaggy mane. I just didn't even consider it. Yeah, it works. Just, but uh, I use a, I have freeze dryers, so it makes it easy. Oh, no shit. They do. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't buy freeze dryers for mycology. My wife oh. makes uh, this freeze dried baby food and sells it. Um, oh, okay. And like freeze dried candy and all sorts of shit. But uh, when they're not running for doing that kind of thing, then I'll freeze dry all sorts of shit, like freeze dried lion's mane, freeze dried reishi, and uh, just whatever I got on hand at the moment, I'll freeze dry it. Am I the only one that realizes how weird Farrell says that shit? Reishi? I'm from no, Texas. You're not. So, yeah, I've heard it pronounced a lot of ways. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Same with like agar, agar. Yeah, whatever. That one I've heard. I've never heard of the reggae. <laughs> well, I don't have your Kanukistani accent. I'm sorry. I'm from Florida. <laughs> so I have quite a mixture. I'm like a mutt. Yeah. Well, you've adapted quite well to the north and hockey stick and bears and shit. They deserve it. Don't talk on my dog. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So, uh, I the only tried I tried to grow this uh, blue milk uh, milk cap mushroom. I guess it was like it's like a blue uh, milky mm-hmm. cap, and it does it did not work out for me. But it was just a gorgeous mushroom. Somebody sent me spore prints of it. They're like, hey, see if you can cultivate this. Because it was like, uh, it's an edible mushroom, but uh, it's, I don't remember, if it, it looks like blue jeans, like it's a color of like faded blue jeans. And they're like, oh, it's it's a, it's, it's real good to eat, uh, but see if you can grow it. And I, that, as far as wild mushrooms, I don't know what the secret was for that one, but I couldn't get it to even do anything on agar. Uh, I think I sent spores to somebody else. Who did I send I spores to? Yeah. I got them. I couldn't get... I couldn't get it to do shit. Like as far as it would grow a little bit and then die, and then uh, I've tried just a ton of different agar recipes, and I couldn't get to do anything. There's I'm some curious, secret there. Have you ever grown either um, chicken of the woods or hen of the woods? I've I've made it uh, and then poured it on things. You know, like so. I have I've I've done the same kind of mixture in a five gallon bucket and pour it on things trying to get it to grow places. It does grow here where I'm at and it's pretty easy to find, but I've not I, intentionally cultivated it. Uh, I have not either. I have here, not on that one. Like I mean, it's, Lion's Mane native here. Yeah, Lion's Mane's native here. It's pretty common. Uh the all of the well pretty much all of the uh, um the the Man, pretty much everything is. I'm trying to think of like more stuff that might be weird that nobody else has. We find those. Uh, what is that? Uh, that one that, that grows in a big old giant knot up there on the top, and people it smells Chaga. like death. Chaga. Yeah, it seems terrible. It's. I don't know why. Who, bird just decided, who decided to fucking eat that? Like, it's not a pleasant thing. The it's, same person that decided to take a mushroom out of a pile of shit. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's not it's it's not like something that I would actually hunt down to eat. It's not pleasant. But uh I guess it's 
healthy for you. Yeah. I just, I've seen a lot of um, websites selling like certain gourmet cultures that I didn't think were easily uh, to cultivate indoors or, or just at all, even like my, some mycorrhizal ones. Um, yeah, I've seen, you know, like uh, my Mycorrhizal, they usually need to be in an LC and then like dehydrated and shit. Well, in my experience, people will sell you anything you want. Whether you can yeah, yeah up to that's you, a good point. Right? Yeah, I guess that's right. Well, like I've grown in culture. As far as a, a fun, um, interesting edible mushroom is uh, enoki, like the Japanese oh, oh, right out of the top masters. of the bottles. With a oh, that's cool as shit, man. Those are fun to grow. Those are cool. I found, actually found some wild enokis um, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah, we had some decent weather where it was getting like 55 degrees during the day. And so I was out hiking and there was like a little little patch where the snow had melted. And I found a fresh patch of wild enokis popping up. So I, I had to make a mental note because I wanted to go back and clone them. Yeah, they're great. Nice. Uh, the bottle tech or the bottle, the jar tech kind of for them reminds me of like growing your own little like chia pet, you know? They, uh, yeah. They, they're, they're, they're great. They're delicious. They're great. Do you know if, do you know if you grow from a wild clone, do they turn into like those white thin ones like you see at the store or do they stay like the thick brown ones that you see in the wild? That's just dependent on uh, fresh air and, and light. Yeah, so okay. the, the ones at the store, you grow them underneath uh, hay and you pile the hay up as they keep trying to get taller and you're cutting the air down to them and the light down to them and that's why they get real tall and thin. Okay. So it's the same thing It's the same thing with the bottle is that you have the, the spawn down in the bottom of the bottle and you wrap it with like, you know, construction paper or something and you open the top like once a day just to get a burst of fresh air in there and then put the top back on and then once they reach the top of the bottle, you take the top off the bottle and let them finish growing up. And no, now they put before, collars on there. They put a collar put, around the top of the bottle, so they have to grow that four inches through the collar. And ah, they're nice, growing more. Yeah, so they get those nice long little stems, or about two, three inches, with all the small caps. So they get those little clusters, just pop them, cutting them right off the top of the bottle. I've done them in. A, you know what a diaper genie is? Does anybody know what a diaper genie is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that diaper genie. The, the refills of it for our stupid cheap on Amazon, but I've made giant log rolls of stuff in those, like uh, to inoculate them, like stuff it full of hay and straw and do like huge wreaths of uh, like gourmet mushrooms. Like you grow your, uh, all of your different um, trumpets out of it, all your different uh, lions made out of that. It's really cool looking. It grows in like a perfect circle, but I've stuffed them, just tied the bottom. Like do like a two foot section, uh, just stuff a bunch of hay down there and grain spawn and grow the enokis in that, and then just put like a hair band around the top of it and just kind of blow it up a little bit with just air, and then just set them in corners around and just had like, you know, little tall containers that I could just dispose of whenever because they break down. So that's nice. I, I yes, um, I mostly have almost always just grown cubes. I've had a few forays into some stone producers, um, but my grow, my gourmet experience is severely lacking. I've done like some oyster grows and like a reishi grow and a tiny lion's mane grow and some bottles, but I definitely um, need to- Oysters love hay. 
They love hay. Love yeah. it. It's so fast and easy to grow a shitload of oysters on hay. Now, you're not going to get, like, like if you grow them on a wood-based substrate, you'll get multiple flushes. But if you grow them on hay, you're going to get one really big flush. So hay is stupid, stupid, stupid cheap, and just throw it in a diaper genie, man. Or you can just camp, you can just boil it a little bit, throw it in the diaper genie, tie the top off, throw it in a grain spawn, roll it around a little bit, just shake it, put it somewhere, and in two weeks, poke a hole. And you're going to have huge flushes. That sounds more ideal. Uh, the way I was doing it was with wood mulch. Just I used Scott's wood mulch straight out of a bag into a Kroger grocery bag, and then I'd dump spawn in it and tie layer it up and, and poke, yeah, layer it and then poke holes in it. And, yeah, that's I would get multiple flushes, but they'd be pretty small. And so it just kind of got annoying after, like, a month of babysitting the tub, you know, just check picking a few fruits every now and then i think i'd much rather have just one big flush so i wonder oh, if yeah. i could just do the one straw in my grocery bags like that because yeah, i don't have a diaper you genie yeah you could you don't even need the actual like diaper genie you just buy the refills because the refills have the ring on them already built in okay and okay yeah okay. they're like they're like three or four bucks on amazon and uh you get like 21 feet of freaking like perfectly made two uh uh like it, it's it's great i love them uh, I've done cubes in a diaper genie. So everybody else that's listening out there that wants another fun, like, you know, grow challenge, cubes in a diaper genie is really, really fun. Just, uh, you know, bucket tech your uh, your your stuff uh, and then layer in there your spawn, your, your substrate, everything like that, and do a log. And then you just go through with, like, a pencil later on and just poke a bunch of holes and everything grows up through the holes. Uh, but it grows – it. It, it's it's pretty cool to be able to draw like a giant circle of uh, cubes, like a cube ring. You can sit in the middle of it. Nice. Cool. You, there, I there's, there's a name for that, like a fairy ring or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's the idea for a it, mycology challenge is do the baby tech grow where you're doing all, all baby stuff. Because I know like Kroniker did agar in baby bottles once. We have guys, uh, we did uh, diaper diaper agar. Yeah. We made agar out of diapers. Wow. <laughs> because the diaper, well, that was part of our Apocalypse Mycology podcast that we just did. It was like, all right, you know, collapse of civilization, make your mushrooms go. And so we were talking about uh, making, using the, the, the water gel that's in the diapers. Adding oh, right. Nutrients, yeah, yeah, adding a little nutrients to it and making agar out of that. So now we got a whole bunch of people like, oh, well. What if we just took that diaper with the agar and everything, inoculated the agar straight into the side of the freaking you know, rehydrated diaper, and then stuffed it full of grain spawn and shit, just inverted the diaper? <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> now we've got people. We got people. Looks like 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 folded up shitty diapers that are just growing fucking cubes everywhere. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Man, yeah, I love doing... I love hearing about those wild uh, wild methods. Yeah. So we got use what the, you got. Di- use what we you got. We got the diaper tech. But yeah, you can do the the yeah the the, the sorry the diaper genie thing is pretty cool, man. You gotta give that a try if you're gonna do gourmets. It's so fast and easy. The start to finish is you know like two weeks. So nice. real fast. You can hang them vertically too. That's how they do the big cut, like those really big uh, commercial grows. Is they use a tube 
Like yeah, those things to like fifty pounds. Diapergini's gonna hold that kind of weight. Uh surprisingly, yeah. Nice. Like I yeah, I've had them I've had it before where I've been gone for three days to work and come home and there was a diaper G that was like fucking like fourteen feet to full of fucking diapers and shit. And uh, I was like, dude, this thing's gonna explode. Hell no. They they did they made that shit out of some strong ass plastic. It's not like weak plastic, it's the kind of harder stuff. I don't know how to explain it. It's uh, everybody that's ever seen. Yeah, everybody that's ever seen it will be able to feel it's a crinkly, like super strong plastic, almost like, uh, like, kind of like PVC plastic, kind of. You know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's 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 real strong. So you can hang it. Yeah, you can hang like you probably do ten foot sections really really easily. Just hang it up in the corner of your room because, and then. Let it sit for two weeks. When it turns all nice and solid, just grab a pencil and poke a couple of holes, and you're going to get huge flushes of pink oyster or anything out of there. I'm looking right now. You can actually get a three-pack for 15 bucks. <laughs> I told you, it's like five bucks, and each one's like 21 feet. It's cheap as yeah. shit, man. It's pretty cool. I'm going to do, uh, I'm gonna do so it right it here sounds in like the wife's office. You have... Um... You eat a lot of edibles, I'm guessing, or a lot of gourmet mushrooms. I'm curious to know, do you wash your mushrooms with water or with a brush? I find no. that if you grow in straw, <laughs> you don't need to. They don't come out with anything on them, uh, like, at all. The ones that grow on shit are going to be the buttons. Everything. Well, what, if you're getting, what if they're store-boughts? Hypothetically, you're buying some... Grown on compost, you know. Would you wash them with water or a brush? Both. I'd wash them with water. I'd rinse them really fast with water, and I shake them like as I do it. And a colander is uh, what I do. Yeah, and a colander, and then I cook them. And wild mushrooms, I like to soak them in a little bit of salt water for a little while, just to get any bugs or anything out of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I ask because just like this past week, I saw there was like a new Gordon Rams and Gordon Ramsay video on YouTube about mushrooms, and again he's still talking about never use water on your mushrooms; they deteriorate uh, incredibly fast once you do. And I'm just like, what? No, they don't. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why is professional chef still repeating this nonsense about not using well, water on mushrooms? They do, but the, I mean, from a professional sta- chef standpoint, where they might get this bulk amount of mushrooms in and then mm-hmm. sell them over the week. Yeah, you don't want to get them wet uh, because over and a plus period, they absorb the water as well. Yeah, they? they absorb the water and become mushy, but that'll be like day three. You know, like yeah. that won't that won't be. Ten minutes before you cook them. Uh, All right. Little known yes. fact: I used to work at a mushroom farm in a past life, and right. some of the mushrooms there we actually washed. Uh, we had a mixture oh. of hydrogen peroxide and something called EDTA that we mixed in with the water to keep them from spoiling after the wash. Wow. Okay. Well, is. that's good to know. Nice. Huh. Little tid- little tidbit for you Let there. Trim with some some inside information. Yeah, I used to live next to a next door to a mushroom farm, and I'd go over there and buy like lion's manes to eat every weekend. Um, but yeah, it, it was a pretty big operation. They had like a discard pile that was like the size of a football field. Wow! I like found it. You know, yeah. I used to grow lion's mane and sell it for people to eat, and I used to eat it myself. But I found that. 
it is worth way more dehydrated and turned into capsules or sold as the powder. Yeah. It's worth like four to five fucking times as much as you could sell it for. Like wow. way more because everybody yeah. right now is, have you seen the newest stuff coming out about like the, they found, they've actually done real studies this time. Uh, but double blind the whole nine yards about neurogenesis in the in the lion's mane. Really? So it's no longer no, I heard of yeah. It, it it's no longer just speculation or hey private studies, but now they've done actual real studies with measurable results. Um, and it wasn't and, just uh, by George or by Paul Stamets. No, yeah, they're actually they're actually they've actually done real legit studies now. And so people are starting to now prescribe it for things like Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, memory loss. Uh, and there's a big rush right now in um, elderly healthcare to get all these new patients that they have on Lion's Mane and like double, triple extracts and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's value now has gone up to the point where it's almost worth it to me to start growing it again in bulk. I actually just, um, what is it, three days ago, I, I started uh, doing the Lion's Mane again because I got yeah. a couple people asking for the orders for the dry. Yeah. So the best way to do, I found, quick little side note on the Lion's Mane is choke it the shit out. No fresh yeah. air. Leave it the fuck alone in the bag until the entire bag turns a big white mess. Not just a wispy mess, a big white mess. And then uh, it takes a little bit longer to do it, and then but you'll get way bigger flushes, big, huge flushes. I've got pictures of like the lion's mane coming off of like a five pound block of substrates. It's the size of one of those small, like personal uh, heaters you plug mm-hmm. in the wall, the little metal ones. It's like, you know, I got a five pound block of substrate, and I got like you know, a three pound block of freaking lion's mane coming off of it. Nice. Um, this is big as my kid's head, you know. Uh, so it's it likes to be choked out, and then just as soon as you give it some fresh air, it'll burst out of there super fast. Uh, and then once it's grown in one spot, it doesn't like to grow back that big, pretty head in that same spot. So you just take your piece of tape, cover up that hole, rotate the bag 180 degrees, cut a new hole. And what what are you growing those on? Softwoods or hardwoods or hardwood? Yeah. So hardwood. the the I guess feral version of uh, his gourmet mix is seventy percent cheap as shit hardwood pellets, specifically the the oak brand. It's oak. Yeah, well, carried by Walmart too. It's it's oak and hickory blend. It's like seven bucks for a forty pound bag of, of uh, pellets mm-hmm. for for like your your just like your pellet stove outside your grill barbecue and. Um, then the rest of that is 30% uh, rabbit food, just the alfalfa, alfalfa rabbit food. Okay. Yeah, because alfalfa breaks down to tricantinol, uh, which is uh, a growth hormone that works really well for plants. And that's how you use alfalfa to uh, you know, feed your garden and make these beautiful uh, roses and beautiful tomatoes. But it also works for your mushrooms as well. Also, it has the nitrogen, the calcium, potassium, magnesium, and everything else that a growing mushroom needs. So I'll take my substrate and I'll, I'll make a, a boil a pot of water. I'll add coffee to that water. I'll add erythritol to that water, mm-hmm. a little bit of magnesium, a little bit of sulfur. And I'll use that hot water to just rehydrate all of my um, alfalfa pellets. 
because alfalfa pellets take a bit more to rehydrate. And I'll use the wet as hail, like just scooped out of there with a with a like a Rubbermaid bucket uh, alfalfa pellets to rehydrate my uh, hardwood pellets. Right, and the hardwood pellets you get a drop of water on them and they just go poof. Little, little known fact, Feral uses a electric cement mixer to do all this. So. Okay, yeah, oh, okay. so it makes it a lot easier. I, yeah. I do have a cement mixer. I love it to death. And uh, I do mix nice. everything in a cement mixer because it's really, really fast. They're like 100 bucks at Harbor Freight. And he recommends buying it in kit form. Am I correct? You want no, it? fuck <laughs> that shit. No, don't ever buy the, buy the floor model. Don't buy the stupid kit because if you just let them load, oh, we'll put it in the back of your truck for you. You think you're getting something that comes in two or three pieces? Shit, no. Part of the instructions on the damn box are using the supplies provided, manufacture a mounting bracket for the you know the motor. And you're like, what the? Ooh. It requires so you do like the, some to, welding and whatnot. No, mostly metal bending, um, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they give well, you a at least big in Farrell's model. There's a lot of metal bending. Yeah, they give you a big flat piece of metal. Then you're like, how is this a engine mount? Well, it has like a score line on it. And you're supposed to like bend it in a vice or something. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't have that, so I just use the, like the 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 hitch on my truck to bend it. But mm. uh, it worked. But I would just buy the floor model. They don't, the, the price isn't any different. Or pay him twenty bucks to put together, but screw that, dude! It took like yeah. nine hours to put the damn thing together. Jesus! It no, came in like two hundred and eighty fucking pieces. I'm not even joking. I didn't know you could make a cement mixer out of that many pieces, but it was yeah, not I, not fun. I love it when random people in my life walk in with several boxes and say, "Hey, look! I bought this X furniture. Put it together real quick." <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the whole thing moves, right? So it's not like it was stationary. If it was a piece of furniture, it would have been easy because you could have put something together and leave it there. But it's on this big planetary gear, right? So as soon as you let go of a piece, it flips upside down and starts spinning and throws all the bolts out. So it's you have to have two people, one person to hold everything steady and one person to bolt it together. So it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. I would definitely can you just walk it. in there and ask for the floor model? Yes, actually you can, and they will sell it to you every single time. Oh, all right. So that's why I'm saying yeah. buy the damn floor model. It doesn't cost you a dime difference. It's everything's negotiable. Go. It's a yeah, scene right. on Breaking Bad when he when he buys the floor model apartment. I just watched <laughs> it last night. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All they do is they have a group of people that just put shit together in the back room, right? So right. it's not like you're just causing somebody else a headache, but they get paid to do it. So and they probably put together 200 of them. They could do it pretty quick. Yeah. But there's entire Facebook groups dedicated to putting that those stupid Harbor Freight uh, uh, cement mixes together because they're such a pain in the ass. Oh, man. I got banned off Facebook uh, many years ago. I haven't been on it in quite some time. Yeah, um, just Not for anything mycology related, though. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you, you could. So anyway, back to how we rehydrate the the substrates. I use the wet, sopping wet, just water dripping out of them, alfalfa, and I just scoop that into my like bag of uh, uh, of the hardwood pellets until it's hydrated. At that point, and everybody's like, "Well, how would you measure your water?" Fuck no! I just told you how I did it. I just 
how do you know when it's wet enough? Because it is. Right? Yeah. Like, grab a fistful of it and squeeze as hard as you can. You should get no more than two or three drops of water out of it. And if you've got it to there, you're done. That's it. Back it up and go. Um, I think that's one yeah. of my more, more frustrating experiences uh, trying to educate people online with mycology is people just want sometimes exact. specific information. Yeah, exact information when they when you shouldn't be using exacts or specifics like no. this. Like, is, guys, you never know what that, what those pellets were stored at. You don't know what kind of migration yeah. is actually already in them. There's well, like, changes. Use your fucking head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I get I get asked that shit. Okay. Well, how many milliliters of water do I put per block? And I'm like, what? What's uh, a milliliter? Some. <laughs> yeah. Some. And people get frustrated that? to me too when they're like, "Well, you know, when my measurements, I measure time in beers, and I measure and things tiny in like, hands. <laughs> and my my daughter's little hands, right? Like one yeah, or, tiny or handful the, of. <laughs> or was it, what was the one the other night a cocaine fingernail or something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a cocaine nail is worth the Pepto, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I always tell people, it's like, this is amateur mycology. We're not professional mycologists, so well, let's keep it amateur. I don't know, man. Some of us are way better growers than most uh, professional, yeah. like, grow yeah. operations. Like, uh, yeah. I, I've i set up, quote, quote, professional grow operations, people growing, mm-hmm. like, they would, they would call me to come and I'd go visit their professional grow of, like, uh, like, say they want to do a oysters or start an oyster mushroom or shiitake farm. I'd go and help them set that up. I'd consult with them for, like, a week, you know? And then once everything's good to go. And I was like, I've got better shit at my house than you guys. And you guys have wrote a grant for this? Mm-hmm. Like, do you... I get it, but you guys should have done a little bit more research because you're not going to use half of this crap you got. No. You know? Uh, yeah. It just yeah. wasted money. Wasted and that, money. That's one weird thing I've noticed about mycology in general, especially with new people I struggle with is... You know, you think, well, a little bit is good, more should, must be better. And that's the nope. opposite in mycology with a lot of stuff like moisture, nutrients, everything. It's just they don't like a lot of things. So uh, what are, one of my favorite stories when people are talking about, oh, I need to know exacts, right? Uh, is, as I try to tell them, there's this really um, – I'll just use the state, all right? So there's a, there's a big-time grower of gourmet mushrooms in New Mexico. And uh, they had called me because they were having problems getting their substrate right. And I was sitting there and I listened to them on the phone for like 40 minutes going through uh, how they're measuring everything. And they have a lab and they're describing their lab and how great it is and all these scales. And like, oh, we have a vacuum scale, everything. So we can get everything exactly perfectly right. Uh, and then, I was, But we're having a hard time is that the mixture is different every time. It's not exactly the same every time. I was like, y'all are a bunch of type A personalities, huh? Yeah, I was like, listen, unless you control your substrate from like make it yourself and like kiln dry it yourself and then rehydrate it yourself. And even then, you're not going to get the same amount of water every single time. It's going to change. This is why like mushrooms grow in the wild. Right there. There's weather and there's rain and sometimes not rain. You're just trying to reduce it to the optimum growing conditions but they're a living thing that's way more complex than growing like yeast to make beer or wine where they need very specific like sets of uh uh conditions 
Mushrooms are extremely adaptable. A little bit too much water, cool. A little bit, not enough water, cool. They're going to make it. They're going to be just fine. Yep. There's met, there's like, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? A bracket, right, of, of that you need to stay in side of, but the bracket's pretty big. The therapeutic levels are pretty big inside that bracket. And so I got to talk, it took a long time to get it through their head that they just needed to do a squeeze test on their fucking substrate. Just take yeah. like, you know, four or five different samples and just squeeze it. They're like, well, how much weight, how much pressure are you putting on it? I was like, I don't freaking know. How <laughs> hard can I squeeze with my hand? I don't have a measuring device for that. It's just, if you get, if it feels damp, it feels dry to the touch, but damp when you squeeze it out, you can get a drop or two water, it's done. That's it. Yeah. It, it's it's really that simple. Uh, but anyway, like our entire phone conversation was like two hours, and I'm like, all right, well, I mean, we've hit our minimum billable time. Best of luck. I can't help you further. Uh. Like, they're just talking circles, just circle, circle, circle. Well, you know, do you have a measurement for that? Yeah, I mean, I could tell you, hey, you know, put 800 milliliters of water to every, you know, one pound of freaking substrate, but it's going to be different every time. This time I take 725. The next time I take 850 to get to the same. You know, you'd be like, well, can I have the relative density of each of those uh, pellets that you're using, please? Oh, dude, they literally sent stuff off to find like ash content and everything else in it. I'm like, okay, we'll send a different sample. They're going to send every sample that they get that's going to be different because it comes from a different tree grown somewhere else, right? Yeah. yeah. They're not they're not using the same clone tree over and over again. They're using hardwood pellets. They're they're going to be different between each different tree, each whatever random leaves were in that pellet, whatever it is. Yeah. What what day they cut it on? How how much did it rain that day? Everything. Yeah. I had a discussion recently with a user on my Discord server who had an interesting uh, approach for this um he called it uh preparing his substrate pasta style where he just poured in <laughs> way too much water and then just squeezed every handful out into another bucket so that every That's handful was prepared yeah you could do that or growing. you could he actually just growing. hang the bag too and that the yeah. gravity will just suck all the moisture out yeah and leave he was it just doing a couple monos but yeah that was definitely something for smaller for smaller grows i mean i i normally prep like a whole five kilogram block myself so that would take if i was going to do that that would take me like the better part of a day when i've rehydrated uh um like core that comes in a block you're gonna you would love this throw it into the freaking cement mixture spray in some water turn it on and oh, just man, let I've, it be I itself wish. yeah <laughs> Dude, I might. Actually, it, I think I might go grab one of those, only so I can throw on one of those ten pound blocks. Oh yeah, it'll it'll fill it all up. It'll fill up the entire like mixer. But you just sit there with the garden hose, you know, take a beer and just spray it occasionally in there. When it gets dry and the block starts bouncing around, then yeah. uh, it just breaks down because it's got the fins inside the, the the cement mixer. It just hits them and, and breaks down and poof. And then next thing you know, you just tilt the mix. The mixer has like a little lever. Pull the lever, mm-hmm. it tilts it right into a bucket for you. Nice. Uh, ah, done shit, and then done. you would have to go ahead and uh, then I would have to pasteurize it again instead of doing buckets. Nah, use boiling water. You can dump boiling water. It's a metal cement mixer. It's not at all mm-hmm. damaged by hot water. I've poured boiling 
five-gallon bucket of water in there and not hurt it at all. Like, oh, I mean, that would have... work, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going to bring a fucking cement mixer to the house. <laughs> it's electric. Oh, you can do it. Yeah, it just plugs into a wall socket. It's 120. Yeah. But uh, I would like to see uh, you use it in the winter. You had to fight polar bears off and penguins. <laughs> you dump out the arid penguin that's just, making I, a I, nest in there. I just eat the penguin into the mixer. Fuck yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna go for a ride there, Charlie. <laughs> I just see this poor penguin. <laughs> He's going. To... <laughs> this is why I get kicked out of the good schools. All right, guys. Who else has something to add to the to the penguin mixing? Ah, uh, me. I love penguins. They're my best friends. <laughs> you got anything else you'd like to add, uh, Munch? Um, no, How about not really. I mean, anything you want to, our YouTube channel, just might as well tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, promote good, yourself. For sure, yeah. If you want to you wanna find me, you know, uh, on YouTube, uh, my channel is the trusted cultivator um my tag is at munchausen uh with a z and um of course i've got my shroomery account where a, a lot of people don't know but i have full write-ups that uh, uh that go with most of my videos my tech my tutorial videos um i get a lot of questions on youtube itself and a lot of those questions would be could be answered uh, if you just found the full write-ups on Shroomery, um, so I probably should start linking some of those in the video description. So I'll be, I've been constantly working on my YouTube channel. It's a work in progress. Uh, so, um, and if you want to catch me live, I'm usually streaming Wednesday nights. Um, let's see, that is, a. Uh, 10.30 Eastern Standard. I usually go live for about an hour and a half, two hours. And then on Sundays, I'm live at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time for about the same amount of time. Um, and outside of that, you can find my Discord server. There are links in all my video descriptions for that nice. right now. So join me on Discord. And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. I'd love to come back sometime. Absolutely. Oh, Definitely. One thing we do at the end of every one of our videos is we kind of just uh, say something positive to everybody, a little positive affirmation. So uh, as the guest, uh, much as anything positive to say for our people out there? Um, yeah, stay positive, you know. I think that's uh, the one thing I struggle with is just maintaining a positive outlook. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of anxiety and stress out there, so fake it till you make it, I guess. It has go. actually helped me. Damn it, you just stole yeah. my scene. That's what I was going to say. All right, Deadpool, what do you got for us? Yeah, you know, just stay out of trouble. Fucking, I don't know, grow shit. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> grow shit, have fun. And John, what do you got for us, buddy? I'm just, I'm, I, I usually Google something real fancy, but I'm going to try and go off the cuff today. 
<laughs> you know, if life's got you down, just sit back and think for a while. Things will always get better. You know, I just wanted to leave that one out there for everybody. What if you're on death row, though? Are things really going to get better? <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you're on, if you're on yep. death row, you're probably not going to be listening to this podcast. You've, you've already peaked. Yeah, <laughs> you're on your you're on your downward trend of the roller coaster yeah. ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's all smooth sailing from here. You don't have any life choices to make. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again, uh, now, guys. Now from me, uh um false confidence better than no confidence at all. Fake it till you make it, like he was saying. It works great. Yeah. Uh we appreciate having you on, Munchhouse. It was great having you. you. You're a great person. Absolutely. Even though you with the voice modulator, you do kind of sound like a tranny, but we love you still. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Did you say steak? <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, you guys can find us at the FAFO Cult Discord. Uh, you can find our Venmo at, uh, at FAFO Cult. If you'd like to drop us a dollar or so, we promise to not use it for anything good. It'll just go to pure debauchery and to keeping this uh, podcast alive. Uh, go ahead and check out our Etsy store. We're adding new artwork we're making that's slightly disturbing every day. That would be the, every uh, day. Yeah. F-A-F-O cult uh, Etsy. And we love you guys. And we'll see you all in the Discord here in a little bit. Thank Later. you so much. Bye. Peace.